ever will be. And you know it. With the tears in my eyes. The king is back, baby. Acknowledge me. What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday evening, episode 305 of Top Rope Nation. The triumvirate is complete once again. It's Ryan Drosty with Jesse Velasquez and Justin Joint. And Justin, I see you got a brand new hat. Yes, you didn't know. When I start playing that intro, I can still see you. Ryan Drosty <laughs> sees all. I can still see your camera over on the side of our oh, video. I did not know that. Hopefully I've, never, hopefully, I've never done anything embarrassing. Uh, there yeah. was that one time you were walking around in you know, bucket. <laughs> uh, yeah. Early birthday present. I wanted to make sure I got this before we go to all out. I, I'm not really happy with the, the uh, way the hat is shaped. I, mm. I think if you stuck a couple bolts in my neck, I could go as Frankenstein for Halloween. Um, but I mean, it, it's a sharp looking hat. I, I My one other nitpick other than just the, odd boxy shape is i wish the snap part was also black like uh-huh. the, the bill is but that's nitpicking um i don't know i think it looks kind of weird on me compared to a lot of my other hats but oh well well you know what i got a big ass head so i am gonna get that other uh <laughs> the other one that i've been thinking about getting the other bret hart hat roots of fight has out the, the black and red one i've been thinking of, i have to get it now that you have the pink one hopefully i can get it in time for all out uh jesse welcome back sir i want to tell you great job hosting for me a couple of weeks ago on the SummerSlam review i thought that was an excellent show i did tune in live and in pieces but of course i heard the whole thing when i mixed it and it came out and we got a lot of good feedback on that show so this is one of the benefits jesse all your hosting experience that you can just step in for me like you did when i had all this family in town for my youngest it was her second birthday and i just there was no way i could do the SummerSlam show and you stepped right in and did an excellent job. I appreciate that. Thank you. And how are you doing tonight, sir? Thank you. Thank all of you out there. Much like that show, I give my own personal grade for that TRN SummerSlam edition a B minus. I felt like I could have done better. Justin <laughs> did very well, so he he carried the show for us. I guess I, I had I had two shots at it. At least the opening. Yes, you oh, did. Yeah. <laughs> I did text you guys because I was waiting to, to watch the beginning live. I was like, where are you guys? Is this is this on? Let's go. And then right after that, you popped up on your second was try, I think. Hilarious. So I have not been in a liquor store in a few months. And today I was like, well, yeah, I, I want a solo beer. I was like, let's go in for it. So I just surfed the liquor store here in South Minneapolis, and I saw a six-pack from a brewery that I have never, ever seen their stuff in stores. So that's what I'm unveiling this evening. Dangerous Man's mm. Peanut Butter Porter. Oh, Tim Jensen, if he is, wow. I know he's listening at some point. If he is watching, he's going to be very jealous. That's his favorite brewery. It's one of my all-time favorite beers. I think in the winter, it's probably my go-to, but you have to go to mm-hmm. Dangerous Man's site to, to get it. Normally, you can buy the, the tall cans like you do at Toppling, Goliath, and other breweries. However, I found this glorious six-pack at a South Minneapolis liquor store and a handful of other Dangerous Man beers. So it looks like they're being sold in liquor stores now. Yeah, I have I've, I've never seen it in stores either. I've never been to that brewery. I've never had their beer before. I swear to God, the last three times I've been to Minneapolis, 
that has been on my to-do list and just for whatever reason hasn't happened yet. So we were going to go, uh, during full gear 2021 with Aaron mm-hmm. and yeah. we ended up going to somebody Uptown. over, somebody overdid it on night one. I wasn't going to say anything, but <laughs> I was, I was a little hungover. I, Jesse, we were going to meet up that weekend too. And I was yeah. out of it. Uh, we ended up going to Uptown, but I still wasn't feeling very good by showtime. I was fine, but we never got to dangerous man. So next time we're up there, we, we should all three go there for sure. I, I can, love that brewery so much yeah i can always buy a six pack of it and bring it down i still was in a state of shock i was like no way they never ever sell this stuff so yeah about time yeah well they are no longer the pwg of beers they actually (laughs) are are visible (laughs) and for sale distribution there is distribution i got a gin and tonic in the glass which as i said on the show recently justin turned me on to justin anything for you sir uh yes I am drinking Monkey Shoulder, mm. uh, one of my absolute favorite blended uh, scotches. Uh, it's actually what I had in the hospital when my first son was born. I was I'd, I'd sip on that at night. Um, one of my favorites, especially considering price point. I think that was the first scotch I ever bought. Also, was your oh. recommendation many years ago? Yeah, very nice. It's the first time I've had it in quite a while, but. Yeah, my my stash was running low, and so I just grabbed that because I I knew it was trustworthy. Always good, uh, guys. It's been a long time since I've been on the show for the main feed listeners, at least, because I didn't do the SummerSlam review as as I noted. Now we did do a new show about two and a half hours last week on Great American Bash '89 for Top Rope Nation Classics. There's a teaser of that on our main feed, but our, our patrons hopefully are dipping into that. That was a fun time, mm-hmm. great pod. I mean, that is probably one of the top two or three NWA WCW pay-per-views of all time. So it's really fun to go back and relive that. I would highly encourage people to try out the Patreon page, at least for the seven day trial, just to listen to the show. Cause it was so good. And if you like what you hear, you can stay around and get access to over a hundred bonus shows over there with top rope nation classics. Jesse, you told me you're going to be recording a new unplugged episode this next week for our Patreon page. This is Jesse's, you know, former podcast, which is moving behind the Top Rope Nation paywall now. He's going to be doing some bonus stuff for us. And so another incentive to sign up for Top Rope Nation's Patreon. So you can find the link here, broadcast description, patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. All right, guys, let's get right to it here. Uh, CM Punk. Everyone's talking about CM Punk. We've been talking about CM Punk in our text thread all week. I know Justin in particular, it feels like he's been just itching to get on here to talk about what's been going on since we last did a podcast. To recap, if for some reason you are not plugged into the online wrestling world, lots of information out there about CM Punk. Is he sabotaging AEW? Is he sabotaging the illustrious career of Ryan Nemeth? What is going on with this man? Um, (laughs) My personal opinion, so... I talked about this, by the way, if you guys haven't heard and you're not in our Facebook group, which is another thing you need to sign up for, Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. I've been doing a ton of shows for Bleacher Report lately. Get the BR app. You can tune into those live. Um, I'll be on there Friday night for SmackDown, but I was on there last night after Dynamite. So I kind of said my piece on there. I'm going to repeat what I said here for our listeners. Um, But I kind of think this criticism is a little overblown. I'm not going to say that there's nothing to criticize punk for we'll get into it here but i think some of the internet is just running crazy with this stuff mm-hmm. and they they you know they don't wait until you know the you hear the full story and i think about 
Can you imagine if there was wrestling Twitter in the 80s and the 90s and all the stuff that was going on then? Because so many wrestlers of the past, their images would have been tarnished when stuff got out there immediately, was not totally fact-checked, and people started forming their own opinions on this stuff, and they didn't have all the information. I'll go last. Justin, what do you make of the stuff with Punk, Collision, Ryan Nemeth, Hangman Page, Christopher Daniels, everything that's been said. What is your opinion on all of this right now? Well, I mean, to piggyback off of what you said, it's everybody, fans, that is, everybody has a voice on social media now. And a lot of them, a a big percentage of the fan base likes to put their opinion out there. And like what you said, they're putting their opinion out there with, you know, half truths or, you know, bits of information that, you know, they don't know exactly what happened, but they're going to speak their opinion. Like they do. They're going to speak their opinion. Like it's fact. Um, and honestly, I I've been considering just unplugging from wrestling social media because it's just gotten to an obnoxious level. Uh, you know, once again, to your point, Ryan, when we talk about top guys and make no mistake, CM Punk is a top guy. Um, you know, in all of pro wrestling right now, I, I think for sure the only guy you could put above him is probably Roman Reigns. Um, there might be one or two others that you could make arguments for, but, but CM Punk is a draw and, and he gets eyeballs on television. He's interesting and he's good in the ring. So top guys do weird things sometime, you know, they, they're going to say, you know, that doesn't work for me, or they're going to throw their weight around. They're going to, you know, they're going to use their power. So anybody who grew up on wrestling, if if you're our age and you're online blasting CM Punk for what he's doing, uh, guess what? I guarantee Hulk Hogan did it. We know he did it in WCW. Uh, one of the greatest times in professional wrestling, 1997, guess who was being a complete and utter fucking asshole backstage? Shawn Michaels, and he was at the top of his game, and it was magic. And hell, for that matter, Brett. Brett was throwing his weight around. He was using his power and leverage. Uh, Stone Cold did it. He walked out on the company because he wasn't about to job to Brock Lesnar on, you know, cable television. Mm -hmm. So this has been going on since the dawn of time as far as professional wrestling concerned. So that is the biggest annoyance to me. The, I mean, I can't believe the Ryan Namath Nemeth stuff is even a, a, a talking point. G- get out of here, jobber. What what are we even talking about? Now, the Hangman thing I do find incredibly annoying that CM Punk was pulling that shit out. Because like, uh, unless there is a secret agreement, you know, between the elite and him, that hey, let, let's do this at full gear. Isn't that going to be at the forum? You know, mm-hmm. big venue. Um, if that has privately been agreed to, then fine, you know, do these little digs, you know, off camera in front of a crowd that, you know, is going to get recorded and thrown out on the internet. But if that's not the case, I mean, shut the fuck up, Phil. I mean, what, what are we doing here? That's the, all we want to see is CM Punk versus the elite and you doing that kind of crap is not going to help anything. 
unless it's just going to get to the point where like hangman's be like, all right, let's do it. We're going to fucking shoot though. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to hit you in the jaw for real in this match. Uh, so that's, that's a bit of an annoying part. And supposedly the report is that he apologized to hangman mm-hmm. by a text or something. So I, I can't imagine that's going to go a long ways considering their history, but it, for the most part, that's where I'm at. I'm just, I'm annoyed that a lot of this stuff is being used by the fan bases as a weapon to poke holes at, you know, AEW and the way the company is run. And I want Jesse to jump in here, but I, I do have a little bit bigger picture question to, to come back to as far as this whole situation goes. Okay. Let's hear your piece, Jesse, and then I'll go and then we'll come back to Justin's big picture. I think the three of us are well-known people who listen to this show and mine that were definitely fans of CM Punk, the performer probably ranks in our top 10, maybe all time for me, probably top five brought me back to wrestling. I think Justin brought you back to wrestling. Mm-hmm. So there's some history there. And Justin, this is actually, I'm going to tie into this because this is 20, pretty much 25 years ago to the date. And this is almost in a way similar Tony Khan is definitely not, at least I don't think he is, unless it's exposed to be here in the next year or two. The pushover, the ass kisser that Eric Bischoff was back in 1998 for Hulk Hogan. And the biggest thing here is, and I'm going to just go into one paragraph about Hulk Hogan, like getting his way in politicking, but he did it with the one person above. He was, he basically had Eric Bischoff's ass in his hands. He just, Played him like an absolute puppet. So when a wrestler, be it Sting, Ric Flair, Bret Hart, Giant, Nash, or Hall becomes too popular so that they are overshadowing Hogan's character, it's a matter that is easily dealt with. Hogan simply gets together with Bischoff, exercises his contractual rights, and the interlopers neutralize. This is not skill, ability, or gamesmanship. It is cheating that Hogan plays the games with weapons that no other player is permitted to have. So what I wonder is, especially with Collision and CM Punk, when he first returned, Tony Codd in guerrilla position, yelling at the top of his lungs and clapping, CM Punk, CM Punk. That is a billionaire. He's a mark like all of us. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the biggest thing. Give him the huge kudos to bringing AEW forth for the last four years. He brought an alternative to something that was driving away the passion of not only myself, I'm assuming for the two of you, when it came to the pro wrestling landscape. We weren't going to be getting up at odd hours in the morning to watch New Japan's G1 Climax because Kenny Omega and the Elite were over there. We love them. We respected their abilities, but it's super hard to be able to be on a rigid schedule and watch that religiously. So when Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, the elite, et cetera, brought all in and move forth at AEW and bring in the alternative, we were on board. This is what this has now become our passion project. It's actually the reason why we're running a podcast right now, I'm assuming. Who knows? We might just be doing retro shows from now on if AEW weren't here. So Ryan Nemeth, I'm assuming Ryan Drossi, you're probably more of a of a bigger name than Ryan Nemeth. So if if you were <laughs> I don't to, know if I'd go that far, but. so if you were to pull some swing back there and go, yeah, just get get in CM Punk's face, that would that would make more of a footnote to me than than Ryan Nemeth. Get real. I, <laughs> I mean, the guy is known for the the worst segments on BTE. They're just they're dreadful. 
instant fast forward. That's only if you watch BTE. I think when it comes to like political games, again, Justin mentioned it with Hogan. Ric Flair did it forever. Antonio Noki, Giant Baba, when they started the, the, the Japan promotions, they put themselves on top. Fern Ganya did it in the AWA. Harley Race, Luthez. I can go on and on. Triple H had a tremendous quote. I know that uh, he's not exactly looked, he's looked upon tremendously here. Yet, his quote is, if you ain't making friends, or excuse me, if you aren't making enemies, you aren't making money. Hmm. I feel that if, you ha- if you're eliciting responses, because let's face it, everybody out there is drawn to a specific performer. Let's say the Young Bucks are your favorite. Let's say some people absolutely can't stand the Young Bucks and they boo the hell out of them. If you're getting the equal amount of cheers and boos, that's the response. They're moving more merch. They're eliciting the responses that they want. That means that they're going to be soaring up the card, making the most money. CM Punk's doing the exact same thing. He's been eliciting responses, whether they're cheers or boos, ever since he's been back. Moving the most merch in AEW ever since he came back. Brought a Saturday night show back to a major cable company. It was pretty much his doing. He's running the book right now. It's receiving great reviews. You can't fault him for that. Gotta give him the kudos there. The Again, the only, I think, Justin said it again, the, the hangman page bit. Just he should have either kept his mouth shut or reworded it and said something different, maybe kind of giving you little behind the scenes, like wink, wink, something's going to be happening as opposed to undressing Page's character down off camera. So those are yeah. those are my two cents for now. I can't say I disagree with much of what you guys said. It's uh let me ask you this. With this stuff going on with punk backstage, does that make you more interested in AEW or does it have no effect on you when you watch the shows? Or does it make you less interested? Justin, what would you say? So this kind of goes back to me wanting to unplug from social media mm-hmm. is the conversation online makes me hate it. But mm-hmm. I think if I was unplugged, I would love it because it's it makes me more interested as far as you know the 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 personal relationship dynamics of all these wrestlers and are they gonna be able to make it work to have a match on down the line? And also, I mean, this kind of backstage chaos is, you know, was the juice for me when, when the internet first popped up and I started getting onto to message boards and message boards and wrestling news sites. It's like, oh, what's all this backstage chatter going on here? Uh, yeah. I mean, that that was uh, the best. And so, I mean, I love it in that regards. What do you think, Jesse? The biggest problem here is you get all of these profile picture avatars of their favorite wrestlers, and they will either glorify Wade Keller, Dave Meltzer, Sean Ross Sapp, Nick Hausman, etc., or they will completely undress them down. And it's just these wave of huge nerds with like minimal time on their hands that just really push the envelope. And then once they elicit a response from any one of these guys, it's more Sean Ross Sapp and then Dave Meltzer, who will occasionally step out in front of a guy who says something and he only has eight followers. It's when that happens. Mm -hmm. Exactly. When that happens, then it really gets on my every last nerve. So I guess publicity, whether good or bad, is... 
I guess it is good. It's 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 healthy-ish for the wrestling business, but for my mental health, I'm assuming for Justin's mental health, Ryan's yours as well. It's 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 making me completely want to turn it off. It, and that's it, that's just it. It's because you can tell people are using it in a disingenuous way to to just weaponize this war between uh, WWE and AEW, which it it it, it yeah. has nothing to do with WWE because. All I hear this entire week is like, hmm, this wouldn't happen under Vince's watch. Vince was there. That is is such a terrible take. Vince McMahon? (laughs) Do these people know what Vince McMahon has presided over over the course of his tenure? Did he preside over before he, you know, I guess he's back again, technically. But I mean, when he was definitely the top guy in charge all those years. Holy shit. (laughs) I mean, for God's sakes. This would definitely happen under Vince McMahon because much worse happened under Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say personally, outside of the social media aspect, it does make me as a fan more interested in mm-hmm. the television. And it did back in the day too, to your guys' point for sure. And to that point, I do think that punk is really smart, does some things he shouldn't do. But I think with what he did with Hangman, to your point, Justin, probably not the best way to go about it, but I do think he's trying to work the angle into fruition. I think he does that stuff because he wants the company to make money off of it. He knows it will do business. All these people that are comparing AEW and WWE, many of them will tune in if that match happens. This is the biggest match they could possibly do. They will be curious and they will check it out. Whether they watch it live on TBS or TNT or pay-per-view or they watch it on social media, doesn't matter. They're going to tune in. So he recognizes that. Is it the best approach to make it happen? Probably not. But I think he is trying to start something with the fans to make it so that they like have to do it. Like there will be chants in the crowds. Like, you know, eventually this will build to a crescendo where they will almost be forced into doing it. To your point, Justin, like at Full Gear, for example, I think that's why he's doing it. We do know that Punk has tried to sit down with the, all the members of the elite and they don't want to sit down with him. So we know he's trying to make the match happen because he's tried to do it. They're just not interested in it right now. Does that mean it's never going to happen? It doesn't mean that. It could happen someday. I would still bet money on a match actually happening someday, to be honest with you. I just think there's too much to be made from this. This company, these guys have just re-signed the elite. This company is trying to get a new television deal. I feel like eventually I just think it's going to happen. And I said this about Punk's return a year ago. I said he's going to come back at some point. It's going to happen. And eventually got to the point where he came back because they had the Saturday night show. They wanted to bring back the top draw in the company because of the television deal. They can't get rid of this guy right now. He's helping write, basically leading the charge and writing the best reviewed show that they have right now. It's not the Mm -hmm. highest ratings because it's in a tough, tough time slot, which is only going to get harder once college football starts here. But it is a a great show, and I know TNT is overjoyed with the numbers they're putting up in that time slot right now. So it is going to help them in getting a a new television deal. So should he have taken the shots he did at him? No, and he apologized. But I think that that's his motivation. The Ryan Nemeth stuff is totally ridiculous. I don't know how anybody could go after Punk for that. I mean... We talked about this in the Facebook group. I hate to repeat myself too much, but because I know a lot of the people there already saw what I typed about this, but I'll just say it just in case you're not on Facebook. Imagine you are on any professional sports team 
And the guy on the practice squad goes on social media and says the top star on the team is soft or weak. You don't think that that guy would approach him in the locker room? Because I guarantee you, 99% of the time they would. I don't, I'm not saying they're going to like throw hands. I'm not even saying that the practice squad God guy might actually be able to take him. I'm not, that doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. I'm just saying there would be words exchanged. I told you guys, you know, in my job, if someone got on social media and said, I am the worst at the job in the building, I would show up to their room the next day and say, what did you say about me? And I would confront <laughs> them about it. I wouldn't be like trying to start a fight, but I'd be like, what, what, why are you saying that? So I don't think there's anything wrong with him confronting Ryan Nemeth about what he said. And apparently they shook hands and that was that. I also don't fault punk for saying, I don't want this guy on my show. <laughs> I just, I just don't, you know, mm-hmm. they talked, he doesn't want him on the show. He's not a top star. It's not hurting collision. You know, that's the pecking order. That's how things go. So I have zero problem with the Ryan Nemeth thing. The hangman thing. Yes. I'd like to see that approached in a different manner. Um, but that, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, at on it. You know, we've seen this kind of stuff. You guys hinted at lots of historical examples, so I won't go down that road, but there's been lots of things that have happened. Almost every top guy in the history of professional wrestling has pulled a power play <laughs> at some point. I do think, yes, Tony needs to kind of like show who's boss. I'm mean, like, you know, if I want this guy there, they're going to be there. And he does have final say, and he probably needs to assert himself a little bit more. Like you guys said, he's a wrestling nerd. Like we are, he just mm-hmm. happens to have a lot of money. So he's running, he's running this business. Um, but he definitely needs to assert himself more or get some other people in there who will, but punk wields a lot of power because he's basically creatively in charge of one of their, their shows right now. And he is the top, he can look, he can point to numbers and say, I'm the top draw in this company. So I think he, punk has a lot of power and that's how it's going to be right now. And it does make me excited of what we could potentially get out of this. If things don't blow up again, that being said, they're going to tape collision and dynamite in Georgia next Wednesday night. And all those guys are going to be in the building right before they go overseas for all in. So hopefully they can keep the egos in check. So that's a kind of a perfect transition into the question I wanted to ask you guys talking about Tony Khan and his relationship with CM Punk and CM Punk wielding his power. And, you know, there's even other instances that we didn't bring up like uh, Christopher Daniels. Apparently Mm -hmm. he didn't want him at collision. I mean, does anybody know the details on that? Yeah. So a steel is working for AEW remotely. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. And punk wanted a steel to be able to attend the shows and give his input there. And he was told that a steel cannot attend the shows for insurance reasons because of what happened. So punk. <laughs> believes, yeah. Punk believes if a steel can't come, then Christopher Daniels, who was also involved in the fight in breaking it up in some fashion, he was there, he was involved, um, that he, if, if steel can't be there, then he doesn't think Daniel should be able to be there on his show on collision. Mm. That's where that comes in. Make of that what you will. Petty top guy shit, whatever. Don't care. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and then supposedly also jungle boy who, uh, punk wanted him to use sugar glass for the backstage stunt. And Jungle Boy wanted real glass and Punk sent him on his way to Dynamite. Can can you clarify any of that for me? Apparently, pretty much everyone was on Punk's side on that. That this is dumb. You don't want to use real glass. We're not. He said, we don't do that here on Saturdays. 
<laughs> try that on Wednesdays. <laughs> we don't do that here. And Punk, Probably. apparently that was like, it, they weren't arguing. It was a civilized conversation, but he basically told them we're not doing that. Punk is 100% right on that. There's no reason you need to re- use real glass. So I don't, I've I, heard differing. I, I'll talk to you guys off air about this. I've heard differing things about Jack Perry backstage. Well, and, and that's what, what I was say. the reputation and, is. And, and I was, I'll speak to it from just what I, and I'm not saying what I've heard from other insiders, just from what I've read on the internet is that mm-hmm. this is somebody who's been pretty, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, insecure about his spot on the card. Mm-hmm. And that this goes back to even like uh, Dax has brought this up on his podcast is that he was one of the guys that didn't like FTR originally coming in. And there also might be an aspect of him being a little bit of a Hollywood prima donna. So, you know, where take do you that, get that from? Yeah. Take, take that little bits of information, you know, as you will. And I'm sure that, uh, Jack probably just doesn't like CM Punk and he thinks that he's probably trying to hurt his position in the company and doesn't want to hear his input. So my question, does Tony Khan need a number two man who has the power to draw the line when it comes to anything storyline or wrestling related to avoid this kind of chaos that we've seen in the last week and a half, somebody that can get in between, you know, a punk and a Jack Perry, or just in general, if punk say, Hey, you know, you need to, you need to cut it out here or even do that with the elite. Does, does Tony Khan, cause everybody makes fun of him, you know, being, being the Mark and maybe not wielding the power like a Vince McMahon would, Oh, I don't know, Justin. Did you hear him on Dynamite? That was fantastic. I love that. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Yelling behind the door. Turned and then, up as, then he, as soon as he was on camera, he went back to just like happy Tony Khan. I thought yeah, that was that was pretty entertaining. Yeah, that yeah. was good. I do think he does. It cannot be an active wrestler. You cannot Agreed. have this many active wrestlers acting like management, whether it's the lead or punk. You just, it, it has to be someone experienced. But they can't be an active roster member, I think. What do you think, Jesse? I'm with you, like a Pat Patterson to a Vince McMahon, because mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. lot of those performers said they really respected him. So, see yeah, something along those lines. I want to tap into Punk quick, too. So, we noticed all those homages to Bret Hart year one. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. A lot of the callbacks. We're starting to notice the homage to Hulk Hogan ever since he's come back. I'm talking the ear, the leg drop, the yeah, spray of the painting of the belt. Just the way that he's been acting has been heel Hulk Hogan almost to a T. So, and it's really stirring things up and drawing interest from I'd say from like educated fans, but everyone else who are just kind of don't get what's going on. They're just like, he's impossible to deal with. Read between the lines. He, well, well, Bischoff said, Bischoff said he's worse than Hulk Hogan in an interview, like in June. Oh and right God. after that, in the first match after that, he did the ear thing and the leg drop. That started it all. Yeah. Like I said, now spray painting the belt. 
Well, all it's been going on backstage. And Punk is smart enough to know that if this feud with the elite is ever going to happen, he's going to have to play the heel. So why not like yes. start working some of this stuff into it with the Hogan references? Mm-hmm. He's getting he's eliciting heel responses against the likes of Ricky Starks, even and who's a heel. The, yeah, who is now? <laughs> yeah, they turned him heel. Mm-hmm. So in in a sense, it's kind of backfiring. And I'm wondering. I don't know if it's because I mean they brought him back in Chicago, but who really knows there too? Yeah. Can can I do a super sidebar that is yes, completely unrelated to anything go we're ahead. talking this is about a right show now tonight? Yes. It, and I'm bringing this up because I alluded to it when when me and Jesse did the podcast, and, and I, I I just want to know what you guys thought about the Ricky Steamboat stuff on Collision. I mean, did you guys think that was as fucking great as I did with oh, R- yeah. Ricky yeah. Starks beating him up and just Steamboat still he still got it. He still sells like a, you know, best in the world. I love that he kept the belt that Ricky Starks kept the belt after. <laughs> yes. So good details. Yeah. I, I thought that was tremendous. I loved that They so much about that match. I loved, um, I loved that they brought back the original Ricky Steamboat theme from WCW. Yeah. That was amazing. I liked that punk wore the green tights seemingly yeah. in an homage to Ricky Steamboat in those days as well. Yeah, it was good stuff. From the Chi Town Rumble and the Great American Bash, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we're all Ricky Steamboat fans here too. So, yeah, man. All the anything else, Punk? Great. Before I uh, switch the topic, I don't think so. I think I about for about twenty five minutes. That was a good discussion, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm good. No shortage I mean, it, of things to talk about. Yeah, uh, go for it. MJF, Adam Cole, how this is going to turn out, heel baby face wise. We've talked about this on the show before. Main event of All In, hottest storyline in the company for the world title. Do we all believe that this is going to end up with Adam Cole turning heel and joining the kingdom? Does anyone think it's going to be MJF turning the swerve? And like, what what do you think the timeline for this happening will be? So like if they have Cole turn on MJF or MJF turn on Cole, how long in the future do you think that's going to be? How do you think it's going to play out? And do you still think that Cole turning heel, I'll throw it to Jesse, because I think you threw that out first on the podcast early in this. Do you still still think that that's the best move? He has to, because again, MJF has been one, he's one-upped everyone. I mean, everyone, except mm-hmm. for CM Punk, but they're knotted, and I think they're going to be running that back here pretty soon too. So it's about time that, I think, again, if someone gets it, Adam Cole, I mean, it makes more sense. It's going to make him more interesting. I don't necessarily know if I want him heading the kingdom because as much as like Matt Tave and Mike and Mike Bennett were great in Ring of Honor five to ten years ago, right now on AEW television, they're, they're irrelevant. I mean, it's great that Roderick Strong, who's played kind of the victim in all of this and been the the best friend or one of the best friends of Adam Cole and watching his one of his best friends leave to what is supposedly another best friend throws another wrinkle into it. I like that, but and you're even seeing like Adam Cole in the ring. He's about to throw the super kick or teasing the super kick and then MJF turns around and he gives him a hug. So we we know it's coming. 
I think the the crowd is ready to cheer Max for a little while. We all know that he is the best heel in the business. I would think. Mm-hmm. So it it just it makes more sense, and the the added just all these little added nuggets over the last couple of months, and now. I don't necessarily know, and I'll ask your guys' opinion on this as well, what your thoughts of them opening Zero Hour are for the Ring of Honor tag titles. That's weird. It just, obviously, it means that they have plans. They've got that. It's going to have meaning. It's going to play into the main event, which I assume will play into some sort of rematch at all out possibly, you know, to, to Ryan, to answer Ryan's question about, it's like, how long is this going to go for? Um, real quick to go back to my thoughts on, you know, who should be face, who should be heel. I still want to see like a true baby face, Adam Cole, just if only because we haven't really seen that he was essentially a heel, his entire NXT run. He wrestles, like a baby face, which I think is a big problem people have with him being on, you know, the slider side body wise. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think he would just be the underdog wrestler. So why wouldn't you just keep him the baby face? But to Jesse's point, you know, we we've seen this story with MJF four or five times now. Would they really run it back again? Like, why not mix it up a little bit? let Adam Cole be the one who turns on him. My problem with that is don't really want to see Adam Cole as the champion. Like (laughs) to me, all signs point to punk and MJF down the road. That's got to be your, your world championship quote unquote unification match. That that's got to be your big main event going forward. So you don't want to take the title off of MJF. And if you're going to turn Cole, I mean, you're going to get no heat if it's in a, you know, unless it's him using the heel turn to win the title. So I don't know. It's a bit, it's a bit of a conundrum. It's why I'm actually digging this feud. It's a little bit corny and cheesy and they're they're using a lot of comedy, but I, you know, I'm okay with that because it's been pretty entertaining. Both these guys are, are super into it. They're, they're good at what they're doing. Um, but that's where my intrigue is. You know, I, I, Mm -hmm. I'm very curious to see what happens here. So you wouldn't want to see it in a post-match angle where Max retains, they go to hug it out, and Cole turns his back on him after the match. Well, and they could do that. If MJF goes back to his old bag of tricks and cheats to win, because, you know, he said it on Dynamite. like, you know, the only thing that means more to him than his friendship with Adam Cole is, you know, the world title. And that's what he will do anything for. So if he cheats to beat Adam Cole, will Adam Cole just turn on him? And, and more importantly, what kind of response is that going to get? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that this story has a lot of juice left in it. So I don't think this is all going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Um, I do. If I had to pick right now, I would say that they're going to win the tag titles, the ROH tag titles oh. on Zero Hour. Whoa. Yeah, that, that would be my... Sh- that would be, I would think so, because isn't it kind of weird? And, you know, unless there's some kind of miscommunication that they would be on the free portion of the show and lose. And then that's your main event, guys. True. Well, but 
it's a showcase moment to build up uh, Aussie Open even more, who I, I think a lot of people are very high on. Um, they just won the titles from Lucha Bros. So f- to be high in a tag team and have them, you know, the belts taken away from them almost immediately would be a little weird. And like I said, I think they're going to use that to build mystery into the main event. And there's no mystery in the main event if they just win the titles. True. I there yeah. There are two things that, to Ryan's point as well, though, is in the pay-per-view buys, if Cole and MJF win it, some people who were on the fence, maybe will elevate those extra buys a little bit just for the uncertainty. Like, what's going to happen in the main event? And then I just for the yeah, for the longer-term story, I'll be quick on this. Aussie Open and then being able to move them onto the AW roster and maybe let's get this tag team division going again, especially since the mm-hmm. Young Bucks have declared themselves a tag team. Maybe the acclaimed are going to be a tag team again as soon as the House of Black stuff is over. You can get that thing red hot and make that kind of a pillar for the, the for that uh, promotion moving forward. If, if that's the case, if they're using this to elevate Aussie Open, I do have a problem with that booking because I don't think you should use the main event guys from your biggest show on the pre-show to do that. I just I don't really like that. I, I definitely see the logic in that. I just not not a huge fan of that. So. I would still pick them to win those titles. And then if that happens, they can't split them obviously at all in, even if they don't win the titles, I don't think they split them at all in. Um, I agree with you guys. If Cole is going heel, he pretty much has to win the title because I don't know how you do it effectively without him winning the title. There would be shenanigans obviously in a heel turn. Uh, so it'd be like a cheap win, but he would be getting the title. Um, I think they win the tag titles and then in this main event, something happens to cost Cole the match. Does Roddy Strong get involved in some fashion? I don't really like that kind of thing on a pay-per-view show, but I could see it happening to continue the story. Um, but I think Max retains here. Then they have those tag titles, and they probably don't have the maybe full gear is when they do the rematch. And they, they draw out for two months, them being these ROH tag team champions. Max still the world champion. They have a rematch at full gear, maybe because there were shenanigans at all in. And then that's where the turn happens. I don't think Cole would have the title that long. I agree. You got to get to MJF and punk somehow. Yeah. So that complicates things. But at the same time, this has probably taken off way more than they thought. So this is a lot of the criticism of the all in build and everything. I agree with some of it, but my my constant thing I ask people that don't like this main event is like, okay, what else are you putting in that spot? It has to be the main event. This is the top story going right now in the company. You know, unless you were going to do like Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay again and nobody can follow him, this has to be the main event. So I don't have a problem with this main eventing. Now, if you wanted to push something else weeks ago and make that the main event and you think it could have surpassed the story, that's a whole other argument. But as it is right now, it has to main event the show. And it is a hot story if you're watching the weekly television. So I don't have a problem with that. I think elsewhere on the card, there are issues with the build. Um, But yeah, I don't really like to see shenanigans on a pay-per-view main event. But I don't know how you continue it otherwise. But I think you got to have Cole turn here because otherwise, if MJF turns on him, Cole looks weak. 
And you're not ahead any more than when this whole thing started. I think if you turn mm-hmm. Cole, it is going to elevate him. Certainly if he wins the world title and he comes out of this better, you've got this baby face MJF who people want to cheer anyways, because he's cool and good at his job. He can easily turn heel again, <laughs> you know, down the line. He's very good at it. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, but I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I think this card Yes, it's been put together late. We see that from AEW all the time. I don't know how many exactly. times we've come on this podcast and we have said, we don't even know what the what the card's going to be. It's three weeks away. And then like the last couple of weeks, they really fire at home and they get us excited and they have an awesome pay-per-view show. I'm sure the same thing's going to happen here. Should they start building it earlier? Of course. But they always hit their stride right before the show. They get it hot. They get people to hand over their 50 bucks. And I'm looking forward to the show, you guys. I mean... The card to me is really good. I mean, let's just look at the the matches that are announced, plus matches that uh, you know are rumored to happen and that are definitely going to happen. Unless you guys have anything else quick on this before I turn the. I do. Yeah, I right. think Tony Khan wanted, like we all wanted, the Elite CM Punk versus FTR at All In. That's what mm-hmm. he was kind of banking on. I think he was be was going to be able to to make that happen and nope just way too much friction going on so that that was a huge part of this story and heaven forbid because i i don't want to see adam cole as a world champion but unfortunately i think that they've really painted themselves into the corner where if you do turn him heel it unfortunately makes sense well okay so i think everybody's digging babyface mjf absolutely so if you want to take that to another level because who boy, is there a lot of hate for Adam Cole out there? Mm-hmm. It, turn him. Put the belt on him. People who hate him are going to hate him more. People like me who are like a little bit more fine with what he's doing, be like, oh, okay, I mean, give the belt to him for two weeks. Have MJF as a big-time babyface win it back at all out. The one problem, you know, talking this all out is... I'm really hesitant to drag out this real world's championship with CM Punk. Selfishly, I want to see that at all out because I'm going to be there. Yeah. But they mm-hmm. could they could obviously draw that out to full gear in Los Angeles. Unifying it. Yeah. No. And I guess the other thing too about MJF and Adam Cole main eventing and Ryan's point of what else is going to main event that ties, ties into my example as well is that I think they were banking on that six man main event. Yeah. There's nothing else that's going to be able to do it. No. So, yeah, they've done a great job heating this story up as comedic as it has been through half of it and as half serious as it has been through throughout the entire duration. Hey, I mean, it's it I mean, it's not the I mean, it is the focal point of the show, but look at the surrounding parts too. You're not just buying it for the main event. You're buying it for and not only that, by the way, 80,000 people Actually, it was roughly 60,000 people bought tickets before anything was announced. Yeah. Do you really think that they're going to be pissed off because like no. certain matches aren't on this card? No. They're just pumped just that AEW is going to be in Wembley. They're going to have a blast. Well, and that that's why Tony Khan and AEW can keep getting away with these short builds is because these shows are selling out months in advance. We're all going to go, you know to any of these shows. So uh, until those numbers really start dropping and he needs to have those long builds, he's going to wait to the last possible minute. I'm sure he has, you know, 
PTSD from last year's all out where he had plans with <laughs> punk and it just goes out the window. Well, speaking of which we're going to all out a week after this pay-per-view, we have one match announced for that show. I don't know how they're going to set up that card. <laughs> that, that's why I paid for my ticket. Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen. That's all I need. <laughs> Is there two now Miro and Hobbs? Oh, oh, is that official? I know they were talking about it. Yeah, okay. Teasing so. it. Teasing it. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, though. If they haven't confirmed it, maybe, but it's, yeah, it's it's definitely happening. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, they don't have any of the major, major stars announced for that show, but, I mean, all in, real quick, we talked about the pre-show match, FTR and the Bucks. I mean, this is like the dream match of tag team wrestling fans for years. We've had two matches. Now we're getting the rubber match here. So we got that one on the card. We got I, you know, I'm not usually a fatal four way fan, but they got like four of the biggest women's wrestlers in this match. I think it's fine to do that match here with Sheeta, Tony Storm, Soraya, Britt Baker. I got all the right people in there since Jamie Hayter's still injured. Mm-hmm. You got Sting on the card with Darby taking on the Mogul Embassy. You got this Golden Elite, Coda, Kenny, Hangman against Takeshita, Bullet Club Gold. Uh, I mean, uh, again, star power. Can, can I jump in real quick? Mm-hmm. Just talking about the all-in build. I, I love the build for Darby Allen and Sting versus Mogul Embassy. Hate Joker Sting. Not sure that doesn't really work for me, but you know they're they're really utilizing the history of of Darby and Swerve. Flip side, Kenny Omega not having a singles match in you know the Wembley Stadium. That I'm. I, that threw me off a little bit. Like, I, I there, well, he's at the stage in Chicago from the sounds of it. I was just going to say, Takeshita. Yeah. Mm, flip flop okay. it. Mm, Would you yeah. want to flip flop it? Have it, have that at all in, and then a multi man match it all out? I mean, uh, yeah, it all out. I think it's more logical to get to the singles match coming out of this. I guess, you know, that I'm, I'm just so, that. I'm so lukewarm on that feud. That just doesn't yeah. do much for me. They, they really need to do a lot in this six man match to build up that confrontation because Takeshi to me, he's super talented and he's supposed to be the heel here, but he is such the underdog compared to Omega. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. does anybody see him beating him? They cooled him off. I think yeah, because they had him in a couple of squash matches with Don Callis coming out and he, they were both were getting huge heat and I actually enjoyed that Takeshi was, cutting promos in Japanese fans yeah. were just booing yeah. the hell out of it. I mean, that's just, that's old school, like nineties heat right there. So early nineties, like Nakamura stuff. on yeah. raw. Yeah. Um, okay. And then this one is not fully announced, but Kingston, Orange Cassidy and the best friends, Lucha bros taken on Blackpool combat club and three mystery partners in the stadium stampede. I don't know for sure who that's going to be. It makes sense to have Tomohiro Ishii in there. Proud and powerful, possibly mm-hmm. coming back. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Is there any chance with this being a stadium stampede where, you know, they can do a lot of gimmicks and shenanigans? Then Daniel Bryan, maybe Brian Danielson, excuse me. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I'd love it. Wishful thinking, it. wishful yeah. thinking. Yeah, I think Santana and Ortiz makes sense because yeah. Ortiz is, was feuding with Kingston for a couple of weeks and then written off TV. Santana is fully healthy. I think Shota Umino might be that sixth just because he's a New Japan tie-in and he's associated with Moxley. 
from mm, New Japan. Yeah. And, and if that's the case, they've got to announce these guys next week. Those can't yeah. be the surprises. Agreed. Unfortunately, too, you got the pack injury. You have the, I mean, that hurts for this card because he's he's an Englishman, mm-hmm. Danielson and Jamie Hader. So two English folks that are were going to be on the card, not there. That that's killer. Not announced yet, but we know we're going to get Samoa Joe and, and CM Punk. You know for sure. It looks like the trios title match, House of Black, acclaimed, and Billy Gunn returning. I would assume, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Osprey and Jericho, Michael Jenkinson, I'm going to throw you a bone. I like the way they set it up on Dynamite. I thought, mm. I now I will say, my only problem with that segment was with Callus and the painting. I thought it was effective and Will Osprey running out there and stuff to set up the match. I thought that was, that was fine to get to this match. Why would Don Callis think that Jericho wouldn't accept his offer? Because the way this is played out on TV... They've been tight. They've been getting along. Everyone left the Jericho Appreciation Society except Sammy. So I don't know, you know, like, okay, he's going to join them. Oh, what's the painting? I don't understand why he would already have that ready thinking that Jericho wouldn't accept. To me, like logic would have said that he was going to accept. So that I had a little bit of a problem with that. But overall, to get to the match, I thought it was it was effective enough. I didn't mind it because I think what they were going for was a spin on the uh, festival of friendship, you know, with the, the list of KO where Don, you know, Don Callis kind of laid it out why he thought Jericho would turn him down. Cause he's an egomaniac, whatever. He's got his own club, the JAS, blah, blah, blah. I'm not super into it, but I do like the groundwork that they're doing and the spin that they put on it um, mm-hmm. with Don Callis, just assuming that Jericho was going to turn it down. Because I, I mean, I, I, hey, admittedly, haven't been the biggest Jericho fan for the last couple of years, but uh, this was at least intriguing. That entire segment was like, where the hell are they going with this? Yeah, I haven't been a fan of Chris Jericho in twenty twenty three. He actually had a tremendous two thousand and twenty two. Touche. You're right. You're right. Kingston, that match at Revolution was awesome. The match with Moxley. Return of the Lionheart. Quake of the Lake was tremendous. That was one of Mm -hmm. my favorite matches of last year. He had a really good 2022. Ishii, I think he wrestled uh, just a handful. The the four-way at full gear was awesome. Nick Gage. Was that 2022? Yeah. That was 21. Summer of 21. Because they were tying into MJF. Okay. My bad. Yep. With the five. Yeah. Whatever it was at that time. Stupid monkey shoulder. The five steps. Yeah. <laughs> Alcohol. So, yeah, no, Jericho has taken a step back in 2023. So, if anyone can bring him out, just bring out the best of him in one match for one night, I would assume it's going to be Will Ospreay. I do like that think, they said yeah. that Jericho in the promo said that this was supposed to take place in 2021 at Wrestle Kingdom, but because of COVID, couldn't happen. So, there's the tie in. Yeah. So, I, the big idea here is this is a very strong card. No matter what you want to say about the build, just looking at the card, it is a very, very strong crowd uh, or card for the crowd, the biggest crowd in the history of Europe. Possibly by the time we get to the show, I haven't seen any updates today yet, but they're pretty close to outdrawing WrestleMania 32. They were just like hundreds of tickets away last I looked. So I think they are going to outdraw WrestleMania 32, and this is going to be the highest attended paid wrestling show of all time. So 
I mean, this crowd is going to be into it regardless, but I think they're going to have a lot to cheer about. So two things in the chat. What would you think about Chris Hero? I did see people on social media I like talking that. about that. Yeah, I that'd like be good. That. Yeah. Teaming with Claudio, it, it would make sense. Yep. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll make a point with Frank as well with Shota Umino. I'm going to mark my words here. They're, they're grooming him to be the next ace of New Japan, I think, and then as soon as all those guys get older. When, Pat, when is that? Because didn't Naito just win G1? I, I thought he yeah. had kind of one foot out the door. They're, yeah, New, New Japan's still stuck. But they, in, in fairness, though, they do have that though three three or four young lions that are ready to take over within the next I would I would put it at like 2025 2026 Shota's going to lead that list he's just the most charismatic of the group so hmm. yeah I was just checking the latest ticket updates so this is WrestleTix via their Patreon page I would highly suggest subscribing to the WrestleTix Patreon by the way it's only 2 bucks a month and they post daily attendance updates uh, their last update on this show in particular was four days ago. You're getting stuff every day, though, from WWE, AEW numbers, TV, house shows, and everything. Their last all-in update four days ago, tickets distributed 80,056, and the WWE WrestleMania 32 attendance number was 80,709. So they're just over 600 tickets away from beating WrestleMania 32, which that was the legit attendance, not what WWE announced. They announced like over 100,000. That was not the real attendance. They just wanted to announce that. We we know the real number from the Dallas Police Department who turned over the number to, I think WrestleNomics requested it based on the turnstile movements that day uh, of 80,709. So they are going to beat WrestleMania 32. This is going to be the number one most attended paid wrestling show of all time. I'm sure WWE will top it because they'll make it a point to top it eventually. But it is going to hold the record for a little while, which is amazing. Yeah, there aren't 20,000 ushers and con- vendors. Get <laughs> out of here with that crazy stuff. I Come mean, on. they love to drink in Texas. So you know how many beer vendors were in the <laughs> Texas Stadium that night or AT&T, whatever it's called. Um, all right. So what else did we want to hit? I One other thing I wanted to say. So... People are negative on AEW's booking because of the build. I do think, yes, they they could book their shows better. I think Collision is the best book show. I think Dynamite, some weeks is really good. And other weeks, it's so-so. I thought last night's was pretty so-so other than a couple of segments. I do want to say the thing with the Jeffs, with Jarrett and Hardy and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game promotion. Okay, here's what I'll say. And I said this on the BR stream last night. It was very bad. This was not good. It was hokey as hell. That being said, WWE does this all the time. We saw the cinnamon toast crunch match, right? Uh, We saw the match with the zombies a couple of years ago with that tie-in. You know what the difference is? WWE pocketed that money. Here, AEW got $100,000 is what I heard for this. And tens of thousands of dollars from that is going to Maui to help mm-hmm. out because of the fight for fallen promotion with the tragedy there with the fires that happened. So was it bad? Yes. Did it make a lot of money for good reason? Yes. I have zero problem with this. You guys? I don't know. I think it's more heartwarming when the money goes into Vince McMahon's sexual <laughs> defense fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I can't follow that Jesse. 
They could have turned in a better performance. That was wrestle crap. It was not good. Night. It was bad. It was bad. But that I will said, say, I I didn't watch it until like an hour afterwards, and you know, texting you guys, uh, seeing the online reaction. It wasn't good, but it also wasn't as bad as everybody made it out to be. In my opinion, it was like, could I have done without it? Yes. But done without the goop or whatever got poured on. Yes, um, that was not that was, great. Um, yeah. It was short, thank God. Yeah, but to to me, it wasn't as offensive as the the zombie thing. Yeah, yeah. Satnam Singh looking. Go ahead. I was just say, does the booking need to improve though? Outside of this, yes. I mean, there are lots of guys and ladies that we don't see as much as we would hope to, or that, that don't have the direction that they should. You know, there's a lot of moving parts and they're still learning their way there. I know there's people there that are very unhappy. We've seen this in the news. I think, I don't know, maybe by the time this podcast drops, you're going to hear news about somebody who you're very familiar with, who is trying to leave the company. I'll just leave that there. You're going to hear about this soon. Someone who's held gold mm-hmm. in this company. So that's going to probably be hitting the news cycle very soon. Last I heard. Juicy. So yes, they they need to improve. <laughs> maybe that guy will, maybe they'll work it out. But last I heard, things aren't good and someone's trying to quit. So <laughs> we'll see. You'll know who I'm talking about when this hits the uh, news cycle soon, probably. But yeah, they, they, have a, they have a ways to go. But overall, I'm happy with the all-in card. And I'm really looking forward to it. And uh Maybe Justin and I will get together for that. Jesse, I don't know what you got going on, Absolutely. but you're not too far away. Way too much. <laughs> <laughs> Wrangling we'll in a two-year-old. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to try. Oh, and a fantasy football draft, by the way. Ooh. Yeah. So, I'll be doing... I, thankfully, it's it moved online when, uh, when COVID started back in 2020. So, we used to do it in person. It was like a four or five-hour event. So, there's no way I'd be able to watch this live, but... The combination of his nap and two computers, I'll I'll be able to watch at least the first two and a half hours uninterrupted. And mm-hmm. we'll go from there. Can I Down. can I can I yeah. say one last thing about that Texas Chainsaw Massacre death match from Dynamite? Th- this was the most disturbing thing to me. Jeff Hardy was for a brief time in the early two thousands my favorite professional wrestler. I was relieved when Jeff Jarrett won. I I, I was happy that he had won. That, that's saying a lot. Sadly, that's a fair point, Justin. Jeff just Jeff's lost so many steps. He just yeah, looks out of yeah. it. It's so unfortunate. I mean, Jeff Jarrett has too, but he. I got to give him credit. I can't believe I'm doing this twice. Uh, Jeff Jarrett <laughs> has actually looked okay for a guy his age. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed. Satinam Singh, by the way, looks extremely un- unathletic still in those horrible overalls. That was bad. <laughs> and did and did, did Leatherface get Karen Jarrett? That's the that's think the glaring question I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. That's the real. That's the real question. Was hey, there shout out to Matthew in the chat? By the way, yeah. Hi, Matthew. <laughs> Matthew, just discovered y'all killer stream. Thank you, Matthew. Yes. Appreciate you checking out the show. Subscribe to the SC Scoops channel here, but also subscribe to our channel while you're at it. You can find the full Top Rope Nation archive. Search Top Rope Nation here cool. on YouTube as well. But yes, we stream every Thursday night on the SC Scoops YouTube channel, and then they go up on demand on our channel as well. And go to our Facebook group, 
and join yes chat with all these wonderful people that uh have been online with us tonight absolutely got a great group of people tune in every week whether it's on the podcast version or uh here on the live stream and hey one other thing we didn't talk a lot of wwe tonight but we do know that edge tomorrow night on smackdown Mm. the last match on his contract according to him with wwe in toronto with sheamus and it is true they have actually never had a singles match together i looked it up they've been in some multi-man matches never a singles match that's legitimate just like you said in the promo last week so could edge be headed to aew after this it's possible we've heard we've heard the rumblings in in months past but apparently this is his his last match on his contract with wwe justin excited (laughs) Uh, I was throwing up the horns for Frank's comment. Oh. Um, Frank, come for the wrestling, stay for the drinks. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I would love to see Edge and AEW just for the chaos factor. And even more than that, what the fuck would his name be? Oh, Sexton Hardcastle. Yeah. Sexton Corner. <laughs> I, I mean, I think so you almost it, just got to be Adam Copeland. He, he's got a great relationship with the FTR guys. And, and mm-hmm. from th- stuff I've read, that's what he'd like his last match to be, would be, you know, Edge and Christian versus FTR. So, I mean, WWE doesn't need him. They, they've got, you know, plenty of money, plenty of guys. So why not mix it up a little bit at the end of your career? Yeah. And the WWE gets younger in the process. Get out of here. <laughs> True. <laughs> That'd be perfect. <laughs> think about a nine-day turnaround if he were to just mysteriously or magically appear at Wembley. Then you'd have to fly Christian in for that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the only other stuff I had on the agenda was WWE related. I know, mm-hmm. again, this is AEW heavy podcast tonight. Uh, but if you haven't been watching WWE, they've set up Seth Rollins and Nakamura. Nakamura going heel. I mentioned a little bit ago. <laughs> Justin, not real excited about this. Did the Japanese promo on Monday night to get heat from the crowd. They've they've had matches before. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Survivor Series 18, they had a match, yeah. maybe like a fast lane show. I think they've wrestled on SmackDown before. Seth has won all of them. Got news for it. Nakamura's gonna not gonna win this one either. <laughs> but they should not uh, not gonna match. not gonna work here anymore, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh Drew McIntyre. Stay for the puns. Drew McIntyre, who people are still wondering about his future. They have placed in a tag team with Matt Riddle. They teamed up on Raw on Monday night out of nowhere. Riddle, who's been doing nothing since his you know, quasi-push last year, had just been getting beat constantly this year. Uh, he tagged up with McIntyre on Monday night. They beat the Viking Warriors, and then they had this entertaining segment backstage, I thought, where the New Day came out, and they're like vying for who's going to be the number one contender, and they're going to have a match. And you know that, that was fine. The Finn Balor stuff continues with Judgment Day. And uh, Roman Reigns still reigns, of course, you guys. And there's stuff to talk about there. But unless you want to and, and run overtime, we're running out of time. Anything you guys wanted to hit that we didn't get to tonight? We can go WWE heavy on the next show, maybe, if you want or in the future. But I'll go quick with the WWE right. stuff. The the New Day and the White Chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Playing off the Montgomery, Alabama stuff that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. People were excited about that. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was interesting to say the least. I was yeah. at the Raw the week before, and I'm not I cannot tell a lie that it's probably the best Raw I've seen in years. I legitimately am enjoying both products right now. I told you guys off air because of doing all these streams with Bleacher Report. I'm watching everything. <laughs> I am not missing anything. Watch a ton of wrestling the last three or four weeks. Up to date on both companies. And I, for the most part, I'm enjoying watching WWE. There's stuff on there I could do without. Uh, I do often start the shows late and catch up while whizzing through the commercials. I'm not going to sit there for three hours on Raw. I usually start it almost an hour into the show and then I catch up. But there's there is good stuff happening and i knew a few people are at that raw jesse and they all have a blast Mm -hmm. so yeah i was next to a couple of podcasters one one from fightful one from kfan so we were soaking everything in getting some live tweeting going on like i said i i was in shock i was like this has been a good raw you know what What? i'm curious about with wwe i'll just throw this in as our last topic yeah we all wondered how Cody Rhodes is going to get back in the title picture with Roman Reigns outside of winning the Rumble again. Well, he's in this feud right now with the Judgment Day. And remember Otis and what happened with Otis with the money in the bank briefcase? We got to get it off this guy. That was a bad decision. I'm not saying that getting the briefcase off Damian Priest is something like like Damian Priest is comparable to Otis. (laughs) I think Damian (laughs) Priest is a lot better. Um, And he's more believable in the role of a challenger. That being said, would you be shocked if you end up having like a Cody Damian Priest match for the briefcase and Cody ends up getting it and that's how you move it back? Because I mean, they they could drag this out for a while, but eventually maybe he gets that. What would you think about them going that route to get Cody? And then he could challenge Roman again with the briefcase and announce it in advance rather than him winning the Rumble back to back. Justin, what would you think of that? That's all that matters. It just it can't be the the sneak attack cash in. As long as it's in advance, I'm fine with it. Yeah. What do you think, Jesse? It's logical. It makes all the sense in the world. Something that WWE hasn't done in years. So yes, I would totally be in favor of that. Is the Gable Gunther match happening next week? I believe so, yes. He's oh, close no. to the record, Justin. Honky's record. Oh, please, insights. Please, God. We're three weeks away, Justin. <laughs> uh, just let it happen, please. <laughs> this Let's Chad get, Gable, man. I, I wish he had a better him out of here. I agree. I agree. Although, people fucking love the shush stuff. It's still like it. a mid-card gimmick, though. No matter yeah. what it is. It has a ceiling on it. I know people do it, and they cheer shush and all that, but still. Although As, Go ahead. I was just gonna say there, there, there's a timing thing here where he could actually be next in line for the Intercontinental Championship because it's, it seems like they are maybe doing something with Maxine could end up with Imperium, mm-hmm. so so you have Gunter beat Gable and then after the turn the the, the feud builds and then he can get it after uh, fingers crossed he breaks honky tonks men's record. The, the flip side of that is don't you got to get a belt on this LA night? Yeah. I mean, like, is he the guy who beats Gunther? Do you, do, but do you put an undercard belt on him? Does that mean anything? Does world that do anything right now? I mean, what else? The problem is like, what else does he do? If I don't know. How about, how about take champion? that fucking belt off that fucking jobber uh, theory? Oh, that already happened. Wait, what? 
Rey Mysterio is Ray. your United Last States week. champion. Oh, shit. That's right. Okay. So now, like, the heel face dynamic doesn't work over there. So I, that's why uh, I'm saying Gunther. Like, is that LA Knight going to be the guy to beat him? I don't know. I'm at a loss now. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would have said Austin Theory before. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'd be for that. But you, yeah, we got to delay that till Survivor Series. Yeah. Gunther's this got Chad a Gable, he has always had something working against him. Why will they not just let him be himself? The guy's got a good story, a legitimate, collegiate, successful wrestler. It's He's either doing the shoosh thing or he's shorty G. You know, the best use of him was American Alpha, but he still had something working against him because they had the, one of the shittiest theme songs in the history of this promotion. So there was always something working against him. I just wish he could have a better opportunity to go up the card because he is super talented. You know, I think Brian Danielson went on record and said that the number one guy he'd want to bring over from the WWE was Chad Gable to AEW. Wow. Yeah. Sounds right. Mm -hmm. He's so good in the ring and he's very charismatic too. You just got to give him a, a better gimmick. But in fairness, the WWE just likes that, you know, that comedian, the comedian, the comedian family entertainment stuff. Mm-hmm. Not suited for us. AEW is more of our kind of alternative Nirvana. Yeah. I just hate it because it stunts guys. Like you see these gimmicks debut, and you know instantly he'll never be world champion with that gimmick. It's just not going to happen. I, I hate that you can't you know advance out of that. And he's always been settled with something like that. And everyone sees it. He's getting this great crowd reaction because he's so good in the ring. That's that's the reason. More so, you know, yeah, people like saying shush and whatever, but like, dude, people recognize talent. He's very talented. So almost had, had a, a tear in my Minnesota. eye, by the way, Justin, when Gable won that four way match after it was over, he walked over. His family was in attendance oh, yeah. in the corner and he picked up his son, walked him around the rings. I was like, oh, yep, this is a dad moment here. Hold on. Can't, <laughs> can't, can't cry to WWE event right now. So <laughs> that was a great match, too. I checked that awesome. out. If you guys missed Raw last week, week and a half ago now, that four way for the number one contendership, that was a great match it was really good tv match so who would have thought like i'm saying i don't always hate on wwe there's good stuff going on right now can, if you if you whiz through the crappy stuff but can i ask one more question that is maybe too heavy to uh oh no is this no, the whiskey I, no, talk, no. or the scotch talking well scotch yeah it's whiskey. always the scotch talking at this point in the podcast but are we expecting any changes with this merger because isn't payback going to be the last WWE pay, you know, quote unquote pay per view until, you know, they go into this new merger. Are we expecting any kind of changes? Do you mean with like pay per views costing money again? Anything. Anything. Mm, I haven't heard anything. I have not heard anything. I'd assume people leaving the company. Yeah, they're cutting down for sure on, yeah, like office mm-hmm. staff. But yeah, I think contracts wise, though. I mean, uh, TV with like Peacock. I think that runs till 2027. I think we talked about mm-hmm. that at the WrestleMania show. Yeah. Yeah. By the way. Oh, back to that four way, by the way. Who would have thought four former NXT performers, really good ones that, that can work in the ring would actually have a great match on, on Raw. Go, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Vince. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. No kidding. All right, guys. It's been fun. It's been too long since I've been on the host show on my own show. Good to be back here. With you two gentlemen, two fine gentlemen here with great taste in adult beverages. Always appreciate it. Appreciate all of you listening, whether you're here live or 
the majority of you checking out the podcast feed, but please join us for one of these live shows on SE Scoops. By the way, SE Scoops has tons of content going up. Uh, the website was at SummerSlam. Lots of exclusive interviews with WWE talent. Check those out on the SE Scoops YouTube channel. Also, uh, our boss over at SE Scoops is going to be in attendance at All Out. They're going to be attending StarCast. There's going to be interviews going up on the YouTube channel there as well. So if you're watching right now, subscribe. Also check out the Top Rope Nation channel after this for our full archive. And like I said, if you want bonus content from us, even more loose shows than this one with even more adult beverages, check out the Top Rope Nation Patreon page. We are going to be recording the next edition of Classics very soon. The poll ended. It's going to be WWF SummerSlam 98. Justin, we're on the highway to hell very soon here. Hopefully we don't get concussed and ruin the main event. (laughs) Hopefully not. Hopefully not. And I might, I, you know, I might have to play a little ACDC on that show. Copyright be damn. Yes. We'll see. We'll see. Jesse, it's going to be fun to have you on your second official top rope nation classics as a member of the team. Really looking forward to your bonus show. You're going to be dropping soon next week, I believe on Patreon as well. Anything you can tease for that show? Absolutely. We're going to be recording likely late Monday afternoon, staying in the year of 1998. One of my all-time favorite pay-per-views. So I apologize almost in advance to the patrons that the three of us won't be reviewing it, but I will be reviewing it with a special guest. Very nice. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to mixing that, throwing it up on our Patreon feed. So there you go. Seven-day free trial. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. Best way to support the show. Best way to help us invest in this podcast, reach new listeners, upgrade our equipment, things like that. So we will be back with you next week. Facebook group. You can talk to us every single day there. Top Rope Nation pro wrestling discussion. Guys, it's been a blast. See you all next time. Take care. Shoosh! 